Chapter 7, Guidance. Writing this chapter is like going back to a nightmare that you don't want to relive. Hurricane Harvey. I'd grown up shuttle between Baton Rouge and Houston, spending August through May, the school year, in the H, summer in the BR. Floods, hurricanes, tropical storms, depressions, seen them, no big deal. Not Harvey. Harvey was unlike anything before it or since. We were warned, and people took precautions. Four days of rain were coming, torrential, hail to lightning, thunder. I'd been through storms, always with my parents or married. Now, I was single. I was pretty secure. My mom kept checking that we had all the supplies we needed. I had all the standard ones. We were well stocked. Then, the day the first band of rain came, the news stations told us to get more supplies. Unlike previous storms, this one was going to sit on us. We shouldn't expect to move freely for a week. Four days of rain, seven days of flooded streets, impassable. This was new. Mother Nature was beneficent. We were supposed to have six hours with no rain. Get your supplies. I woke up at eight. We took my car, my son's car. Me and my son in my car. My other son and his girlfriend were in a second car. We headed to Kroger's. The parking lot was packed. Took a while, but we found two spaces. We got in and every register had a line from the front of the store to the back. No baskets. We picked up empty cardboard boxes and went looking. The shelves were empty. We found a few items, bought them, came home. I was shook. There was no bread, no chips, no fruit, no milk, water. The list went on. The rains came. The streets flooded. It was then that I realized for the first time where I was situated. My house was situated in a neighborhood with a bio in front on either side and one directly behind my street. I lived in Bio City, surrounded by four bios. I did have flood insurance, but that was not comforting. We watched the rain. It rained for four days, straight, unceasing. The street outside my house was a river. The water was calf deep. The street behind mine, the water was chest deep, just above the belly button. The bios had crested and overflowed. It was hard to sleep with the rain. I feared I would wake up to go to the restroom and step out of my bed into water. The house began to feel like a prison. The electricity was on and off constantly. I had never been so scared of a storm in my life. The phone was always ringing, people checking on each other. On day five, that ring was Gatsby. Are you okay? Do you need anything? I'm coming to check on my mom. I'll stop by. We're okay. No, no, okay. I'd love to see you. The fight we had, the cursing, it was all forgotten. His engagement, canceled. His relationship, over. My questions, none. We were back. But this time was different. He'd called. Then showed up when I was vulnerable, scared, overwhelmed, and he'd helped mentally, emotionally, physically. Neither of my ex-husbands had called, nor had JJ, the muse, or Harley. Harley called the next month to tell me all the things that had happened to him because of the storm, but only Gatsby checked on me before the waters fully receded. Only Gatsby said the storm showed him two things. The two people he was worried about were his mom and me. That he'd never gotten over me. That he didn't think he'd ever get over me. And that he thought I was so angry to hear he was engaged because I loved him. Did I have another explanation? Temporary insanity hadn't occurred to me then, and I don't think I'd heard Samoa's dickmatize yet, so no. 
I didn't have another explanation. I replied, we can't be explained. I've stopped trying. When he came over a few days later, he channeled his own version of Jagged Egg's lyrics for Let's Get Married. We can't leave each other alone. We always come back to each other. We ain't getting no younger. We might as well be together. I was glad he was sitting on my couch, in the flesh, next to me in arm's reach. That was amazing. But also nonsensical. I'd committed to men, gave them my all, and they bounced. And I'd never committed to him. And he was here. Did I not know how to pick men? Had my quest to keep my rose intact left me naive and easily manipulated, thirsty for attention? And I had no idea how to proceed. We hadn't dated, then committed. We'd been on three dates in two years, had lots of sex, and I'd rejected his offers of commitment. He knew me totally. Every thought, every fear, every desire, everything. There was no holding back, no compromising. And I had no idea what he wanted, except me. For this relationship he was asking me to commit to, I had no roadmap, absolutely no fucking clue. I agreed. In August 2017, after two years of asking me to commit, Gatsby finally got my yes. Destiny, I woke up looking for a poem for you, me, us. Surely I've written one, a dozen, a million. I found none. Just sheets slightly stained from your essence, my essence, interwoven juices. Smelling sweet like peach and almond, like cocoa butter and sage, like cologne and whimsy. I woke up typing words on my phone, for surely I've captured every minute of our journey in rhymes. The rhythms of our souls beat so strong like African drums. I doze and wake you're here, more tireless than I've ever seen you. Having bested me again, I lay spent. Curled after being unfurled and penetrating after moaning your name in languages not yet invented. You are you, so much, yet not enough. So much more, yet insufficient. Chemistry complex like a circuit breaker, your energy courses through me. Lighting me, igniting me, irresistible. Your kiss is magical, your touch impeccable. Love making, impressive, the eighth wonder of my world. I woke up looking for words written on some day of eloquence, capturing your elegance, your presence, your essence. You are mine forever, yet not. You cannot leave me, yet we cannot be. What is that? Fate? Destiny? Star-crossed lovers? No matter. In the sheets you're mine. Open soul, open heart, raw, untamed. And I do not question the stars that align to bring me you, at least not while I'm entwined. I unwind and bask amid your perfection. Directionless we are, but what does that matter when we exist outside of time and space wrapped in each other's embrace? A twilight zone to taste eternity. How many lifetimes have I loved thee? It seems ancient. Like my soul knew your breath. Like the first time we met was a million. Like knowing after today everything will change, rearrange. This poem, like our love, has no center, no compass, just an ebb and flow, just a let go, just an inner knowing that in some things, one has no control. Destiny. It'd be so romantic to tell you that I was ecstatic for months, years, overjoyed, pleased as punch. Day one, I wrote this and read it to him. Gatsby. I wrote a list of 28 qualities I need, and you had all but three, a 91 indeed, an A in any grade book, a stellar score, no less. But I kept bypassing you and landing in a mess. 
I wasted time and hurt us both, and now it's plain to see. The problem was I was just too damn greedy. You gave me some I wanted more. You gave more I wanted less. Again, I tied myself in knots and put you to the test. Now I see more clearly my fears I've laid aside. I want to praise the man I love and whom I feel such pride. Intelligent and reasonable, no tokes will dank his smell. Employed and available, articulate as well. Faithful and loyal, hardworking, it's true, and unlike some others, able to read my cues. Intuitive, in other words, and passionate in sex. When it comes to lovemaking, he's better than the rest. A sensual kisser, technique so divine that even when you make me mad, I still find you sublime. Romantic and attentive, listens and speaks his mind. A more intelligent man is certainly hard to find. Spiritual and familial, helpful to a fault, and the chemistry between us never seems to halt. Hygienic and masculine, no girly man for me. Just a man who's been patient and deserves to see that I see the good in him fully and completely. I was all in. Posted my status change on Facebook in a relationship. I was excited. I posted his picture behind my cover photo. That evening, he told me to take it down. It was too soon. He was a private person. It wasn't anyone's business. I complied, stunned, hurt, confused. I did it with a sinking feeling in my chest. None of his take it down reasoning made sense to me. Not really. I know people on Facebook say they don't post their status and all that. I just never run into someone in person who really felt that way. And too soon? I posted both Harley and the Muse immediately, and I'd known them a fraction of the time I'd known Gatsby. I began to look for changes to distinguish our new status, and I asked the question, when would I see his place? Once again. Supposedly, he once again had an apartment. He said, soon. Three months I waited. Then we planned to go out as a couple, a concert at the Woodlands Lake at 7, dinner before 5.30. He was picking me up. It had been years since I asked for a date, since he went AWOL often. Besides, he said that was me asking for girlfriend benefits when we weren't together. But this time I was his. He didn't have to worry about developing feelings for me, didn't have to hold back. I had earned the girlfriend benefits. All his reasons, excuses should be settled, squashed. I was excited. But there was a little trepidation. First, he had a horrible track record with showing up for dates. Second, he was coming to me after doing errands with his mom and his pastor. He told me he had planned his day and allotted plenty of time to get done with them. He even said he had established boundaries with them and let them know he was in a relationship and they could no longer take up all his free time. I exhaled and got ready. 5.30 passed, then 6 p.m. I called, no answer. 6.30, I texted, no response. I was stumped. He couldn't have forgotten. Something had to have happened. I was worried. I left frantic messages on Messenger. I checked his Facebook, asked where he was on his Facebook timeline. He blocked me. 8.30, I posted on his tango. He blocked me. We were done. I'd given him what he wanted. No matter how much I believed, he was not the one, and I still got the same disrespect and lack of common courtesy. He didn't love me. He couldn't. That was all a lie. And he probably still lived with his mom or someone. I wouldn't know. I still had never seen his place. I learned lesson seven 
follow your first mind. I believed he was wrong for me. He was, regardless of his claims and evidence. Going along with his reasoning had given me an oil change relationship. Three months, and really nothing had changed between us. We talked more. We made more of an effort to stay in touch. I cooked for him. That was all. I still hadn't seen his place, met his family and friends, and we didn't even go on one date as a couple. It was the most pointless relationship I'd ever had. Further solidifying my position that titles mean nothing. I'd had a deeper connection with JJ, who I spent weekends with, who once gave me money, who cooked for me and let me sleep over. I even had clothes at his place. Relationship with Gatsby? What relationship? When I woke up the following day, there was still no call, no text. I reflected. In college, I'd been stood up once, and I'd experienced it another time after my divorce. Gatsby had stood me up more times than all the other men I dated put together. This reminded me why I don't trust time as a predictor of whether you know someone. People surprise us all the time. I don't believe friends first helps at all. Being friends does not guarantee compatible worldviews, priorities, or levels of effort. In fact, in my case, it led me to make excuses for behavior I would not have tolerated from someone I just met and started dating. I picked up my phone and texted. Good morning. I realized four things reflecting on last night. Number one, this situation will never change. Number two, I believe being stood up is disrespect and that only death or unconsciousness prevents notification of a no-show. You believe contact is ideal, but only if convenient. Number three, I believe apologies require regret and change. You believe a statement of what happened is enough. Number four, I also believed giving second chances would eventually be rewarded. I now realize it just invites the same behavior to continue. Good luck. Goodbye. Lesson seven, guidance. Follow your first mind.